This is a time of uncertainty. As we prepare this program, more than 700,000 of our fellow Americans have died from COVID-19. Some of us have been in lockdown for months. There are many rumors and conspiracy theories. Some say America is more polarized than at any time since the Civil War. Many good people are frustrated, fearful, and skeptical of officials and media hype. Stress levels are high. Today, pastor and spiritual leader John Carter answers questions from friends who are feeling COVID cabin fever. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter, and I'm really glad to see you. We have a very special program for you today. I have a letter here from a lady, wonderful lady from the United States. Her name is Marilyn. And she talks about all of the problems that she's been facing with COVID-19. I'm going to share that to you today. But firstly, I want to give you five good, amazing reasons why you and I need not fear. Five super great reasons. And I'm going to turn to the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I'm going to read from John chapter 14 and verses 1 down to 3. Are you ready? Let's go. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, number one. Number two, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Five great reasons why you and I shall not fear. In spite of this pandemic, in spite of whatever comes upon us, we shall not fear. Number one, Jesus said, you believe in God. I'm so sorry for people who don't believe in God. I've met multitudes of unbelievers around the world. Usually, they're not very, very happy people because it's very hard to be happy and to have peace inside your heart unless you believe in God. Because if you believe in God, you know where you came from, you know why you're here, and hallelujah, you know where you're going. And you know that the the future is absolutely beautiful and bright with the promises of God. You believe in God, Jesus said. And then he said, believe also in me. There's the second reason. Number one, you believe in God. Believe in God. The second reason, believe in Jesus. Because Jesus is the son of God. He is the great creator. He came down to this earth, lived among us, and then he died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead on the third day. 
My friend, if you believe in this mighty Savior, you and I need not fear. That's the second reason. Now here comes the third reason. This is great. In my Father's house are many mansions. (laughs) Did you get this? Not just one or two mansions. If there were just one or two mansions, there probably wouldn't be enough for you and for me. But there's room for everybody. The Father's house is quite expansive. There's room for every person who comes to Christ in true faith. Number one, believe in God. Number two, believe in Jesus. Number three, believe that you are important enough to have a home reserved in glory. In my Father's house are many mansions. Here's the fourth reason. If it were not so, I would have told you. You? You. Bill, Mary, Beverly, David, John, James, Marilyn, Wayne, doesn't matter who you are, you are important. God knows about you and because God knows about you, we shall not fear because in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. There's a future for you. The future is not a a hopeless void filled with despair and depression. No, there's a tremendous future. And number five, here it is. The fifth reason why we shall not fear. Jesus said, I will come again. That's what Jesus said. I will come again and receive you to myself. Christ is going to come again. He's going to clean up the mess. He's going to usher in a state of paradise. And because of these words of Jesus Christ, we shall not fear. From our mailbag, we have a letter from Marilyn. Uh, Wayne, I want to welcome you to the program today. You're our super host. And uh, I'm just so glad that you've joined us. And because Marilyn is your wife, I'm just going to try my hardest to give the very best answer I can. So, how you doing, Marilyn? Uh, thank you for the great letter, and I hope that I can answer it to your satisfaction. Here it is, the letter from Marilyn. Thank you, Pastor. Then she says, well, so I guess you're thinking there, Marilyn. Well, I could use some words on isolation and loneliness and how the Holy Spirit can keep us company in any circumstance. Even now, I don't sing with my gospel girls at church, etc. Well, Marilyn, join the club. Millions around the world have been in isolation. I'm talking today from down under in the great land of Australia, where people have been locked down for months, though right now it appears the lockdowns are going to cease. But this isolation is pretty hard 
to handle. Then she says how to reach out even though you really can't. And then a big fear, F-E-A-R. As the restrictions lift, I still feel trepidatious. Wow. I wish I could use a word like that on occasions. <laughs> As the restrictions lift, I still feel trepidatious seeing friends, even though they are vaccinated. It's like I have been conditioned to fear being close to people. I empathize and I sympathize with you, Marilyn. The letter goes on. How to serve God when no one is at your table. How to serve God when you are locked up and can't reach out. Maybe people in prison and hospital feel this way too. I guess they do. And being in lockdown, assuming they have no access or knowledge of technology, and even then Skype is just not the same. A changing world. I'm coming to grips with how so much has changed. Not all of it is bad. It's just very unsettling, especially when you have a, a nice, neat Norwegian routine. I guess you must come from Norway, Marilyn. <laughs> so much does not make sense. For a while, I thought, oh, it's just COVID. But I think it has become the norm. For example, I got a bill from my dentist. But I had a bill a week earlier that said I owed nothing. I called and they said they had two billing companies. <laughs> Goodness me, they're not going to miss out, are they? One outside and one inside the office. And to ignore the bill that came from the outside billers. I'm not in the habit of ignoring bills. And of course, concern for no good reason. So this is the stress of how things are changing. Everything got a lot more complicated and so much does not make sense. So the question is, how do you filter out the nonsense and keep a sense of humour about it all? Well, Marilyn, that's really a, a great question. I hope I'm adequate for your... Uh, your letter with all of these powerful questions. But what I think we're going to do is this, because I, I want to do this properly. I need your help here, Wayne. You're listening, Wayne. I want you to ask Marilyn's questions as they flow from her letter. And just a word from me, Wayne, you better get it right. After all, Marilyn is your wife. Well, I'll do my best to rightly represent my beautiful wife. So here's the first question. How can the Holy Spirit help us in our times of isolation and loneliness? We all have times of loneliness when we feel isolated. But I have a, a strong message here. I believe that the Spirit of God will come, the personal presence of Christ, and Christ can take away our feelings of isolation. I'm going to read here John chapter 14 and verse 18. Listen to this, Marilyn, Wayne, and the rest of my great audience. Verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans, 
I will come to you. Either this is true or else this is false. But Jesus Christ has said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Through the Holy Spirit, I will come to you. I believe it is true. I'm going to notice another verse here. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. This is quite extraordinary. Jesus said that he and the father would actually come to us in our times of isolation and they would make their home with us. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you. I have known many, many people who, because they were good people, were locked up in prison. Not for a few days, but for years. I've known people who've been prisoners in the communist countries, in Russia, Ukraine, and China. I think of a, an old friend of mine in, in Moscow. We call him Paul the Prisoner. He had a little printing press in his house. That was forbidden in the days of the communists. And somebody in his own church went to the KGB and betrayed him. And Paul was taken and thrown into a hideous, hideous prison. He was told, we will let you out if you inform our new friends. He said, never, never, never. They put him inside a type of refrigerator, a refrigerator cell. They would freeze him and when he was about to die, they would bring him out and put him in warm water and revive him. This went on for weeks. Then they'd give him a little break and then they would start the treatment again. His teeth rotted and fell out. He became a walking skeleton. It lasted for three years. I said to him, Paul, how could you survive? He said, I'd memorized the texts of the Bible. I brought these texts into my mind. I said them over and over again. My friend, you and I are not in refrigerator cells. We've been in lockdown here in Australia. We're living in a, in a beautiful part of the world and in a very nice house. And we have our Bibles and we can recall the words of God. Twice a day, Beverly and I get together to read the scriptures. She prays and I read the scriptures. We're reading through the New Testament. We read a, a portion of scripture at a time. I want to tell you, if you memorize the scripture, the scripture is powerful. It is potent. And it brings you comfort in times of darkness. I recommend it to you. I think of Pastor Mikhail Kulikov. Because he was caught preaching, he was sent to Siberia for five years. 
Now, I've been to Siberia on many occasions. In the middle of, I've been there in the middle of winter. It gets extremely cold. I've never felt such cold. He had to work out in the forest. Then they'd bring them in during the night. I said to him, what kept you? Pastor Kulikov, he said, the words of scripture. I recall the words of scripture. But my friend, you can't recall the words of scripture unless you memorize the words of scripture. It was true with Pastor Murgar in Ukraine. He became a great friend. He was thrown into prison for years because he would not spy on his fellow church members like others were doing. He was a Christian hero. I said, what kept you for all those years? He said, it was scripture. I'd memorized scripture. And then when I was allowed visitors, my friends would bring me a portion of scripture. Scripture is powerful and effective. I was talking to a pastor in China who was imprisoned for 20 years after the Cultural Revolution because he was caught preaching. He was beaten. For 20 years he had to sleep on concrete, no pillow, no mattress. My friend, we have no idea of the suffering of some of our brothers and sisters. We have become somewhat weak. We need to fill our hearts and our souls with scripture. So read the Bible and read it every day. What is your favorite passage of scripture? Wayne and Marilyn, I have many favorite passages of Scripture. It's hard for me to say. Isaiah 53, John chapter 14, Isaiah uh, chapter 40, uh, Hebrews 11. But I think the high point of all Scripture is Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to take my Bible... And this is, you know, this is the Word of God. I can't understand how people can get through the day and get through the terrible things that are happening in the world without relying upon Scripture. I think this is the high point of Scripture. I want to read it to you. I want you to get it into into your soul. Let it get down deep into the molecules of your mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, Other translations say, I think more correctly, we know that God works in all things and that God has a plan and God has got a purpose. I'm not the the victim of, of blind chance. I'm not being blown around by the wind of circumstances. God has got a purpose. God has got a plan. God has got a purpose and God has got a plan for you. And so, Marilyn, we must realize that God 
has not forsaken us. And then verse 31 and onwards. No, I'm going to start at verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. God is watching over us. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can destroy us. Nothing can touch us when we are in the hands of God. God is watching over us. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or COVID-19? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yes, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to me. Either you believe this or else you don't believe this. If you believe this, then you don't need to fear. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God is real. And Marilyn and Wayne and the rest of my audience, God has not forsaken us. God is watching over us. How do I handle the anxiety of meeting friends even though they are vaccinated? Marilyn, we need to take legitimate precautions. Of course, we have faith in God, but that doesn't mean we don't take legitimate precautions. I have a daughter, Julie, who's been involved in the battle against the virus, a nurse in San Francisco. Her husband, Keith, is an anesthesiologist. His job is to put the ventilator down people's throats. For them, it has been a terrible time of stress awful. So much so that our daughter Julie has become terribly sick and has been suffering intense pain. So we've got to realize we're fighting a real foe. I belong to a church that operates hundreds of hospitals. The largest Protestant not-for-profit healthcare system in the United States of America. 
Now I'm going to talk to you about this a little more fully in the next part of the of the program, in the second part. I believe in faith in God, but I also believe in legitimate medical science. I belong to a church that believes in the great healing arts. That's why we operate hospitals like Loma Linda in Southern California and the Sydney Adventist Hospital. More to come. Stay with us. Because of the current crisis in the Ukraine, spiritual programs have all but vanished. There's an overwhelming hunger for the Word of God, and to respond to this urgent need, the Carter Report has pledged to build a media center. There is a building in a safe part of Ukraine that needs to be finished. Lights, cameras, sound and editing equipment will be purchased and installed. This center will produce Bible studies and church services. Also, radio and Christian TV programs that can be viewed on digital devices. Here are a few of God's soldiers on the battlefield in Ukraine. Dear Pastor Carter and uh, your team, dear friends uh, who support us in this very challenging time for Ukraine, for us it's a big relief, huge encouragement that we can stay here and can dream about future steps in our mission to share gospel of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your prayer support. We appreciate your donations so much. We really dream that here in this place will be a very good uh, studio for Chernovsky, for Ukraine at all, where we can share the gospel. Please continue to pray about us, about our team, about Ukraine, and we will pray for you. Thank you very much. These people are compelled to move forward in faith. Let us all, in God's grace, move forward with them. We are asking you, supporters of the Carter Report, to help heal the hearts of Ukrainians with the Word of God. Please send your contributions for the Ukrainian Carter Report Media Center to our website or to the address on the screen. They need peace. They need hope. They need the Word of God now. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept His free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your Son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone, fellowship with other followers of Jesus, get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, 
Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.